Welcome to Live with Domri here at Domri Healthy and Fit, where we bring you amazing stories from around the world every Tuesday and Thursday. And today is an exception. Today's Wednesday, and we are featuring a scary horror nights and days and afternoons. Wait till you hear. Wait till you hear this new author, Robert Joseph Deshays the second. I'm great. Can you turn up your volume a little bit, please, so my audio can pick you up? Yes, I can. Sounds like a commercial. Can you hear me now in the month of October when the creatures are out? So, Robert, my God, when are you going to stop writing? You've written more books in the last six months than most authors do in three years. I, I don't think I'll ever do that. There's just too many ideas. Okay, so you basically can't shut your brain down. No. All right. No. Okay. So we've already talked about the amazing Blackjack 22, modern day poetry that has sold out four times over. Your first. Okay. Three times over and in its fourth selling right now. For a new author, that is incredible. Kind of insane, yes. Incredible anthology i started reading it and i had to put it down because i don't want any damn nightmares so we really need to talk about anthology because not only is it also selling out around the world and it is featured on amazon barnes and noble epub apple play google play and every little bookstore in the world if you want to be scared out of your mind, you need to order this book. So, Robert Deshays, please tell me where you got the influences from to write this horror book. Well, I've always loved horror. And even when I was a little kid, uh, I always freaked mom and dad out with how I always was attracted to, you know, the darker side, the little bit evil side. And as I got older, I started to look at it a little bit more and realize that horror is really, you know, who we are. It really strikes them deep in the heart and the mind. Because we all have those dark thoughts. We just never talk about them. And for us writers, it's it's us. It's, we use it to exploit and tell amazing stories that strike fear, but also a lot of truth. And the best thing I've learned with the anthology, too, is the truth part. Because the truth is sometimes more terrifying than the lie. And I so let me stop you right there. Yeah. The truth is more terrifying than the lie. Mm -hmm. Which is so true. We'd rather in the world give you a little bit of the truth, but make it sound a little bit better because it is so freaking scary to tell the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. So where did you find within your life that you started to realize I'm really, really, really attracted to horror, but it kind of scares me a little bit too, because that is a little bit of the truth. Everyone's scared of, of yeah. horror movies and afraid of haunted houses, and especially this time of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's the, uh, 
I think we're all, you know, we all have like these caged monsters in our hearts and in our brains. And that's honestly what strikes us the most. It's what we fear the most because that's the voice in our head telling us what to be afraid of, telling us to be anxious, telling us to be depressed. Uh, and that's kind of the voice that I wanted to personify. And so anthology is 11 stories with 11 different people, 11 different rotating characters. Uh, I got my copy right here behind me, uh, right here. And I created a character who basically is obsessed with the truth. And yeah, he's kind of freaky. I mean, this is all you get. It's just like oh, yeah. Mr. Oh, yeah. What is his name? Mr. Jacket. Mr. Jacket. Guys, that's freaking scary. Like, if you're out walking around in the mall and you see a guy in the jacket, this is what you're going to remember. Anthology. And so, why did you call him Mr. Jacket? Well, there's a funny story. Um, so, in the afterword of the book, uh, which you can get... Uh, I actually tell you the origins of the real-life Mr. Jacket compared to, you know, the fictional Mr. Jacket. And I was sitting at a train stop one day. I was going up to Santa Barbara to visit my brother up at school. And there was this guy across the way. And I recently wrapped up Blackjack 22, and I was looking for some ideas to write my next book. And I saw this guy across the way, and, you know, I couldn't tell if he was real or not. Ooh. It was one of those like, ethereal, it kind of tells, like, one of those ethereal things. So I was looking at this man, and he is dressed in all white. And what's scary about all white is it's everything compared to black, which is, you know, a, a nothingness boy. So when you see a man dressed in all white, and by all white, I'm really talking. He had white press shirt, white tie, white jacket, white pants, white belt, white shoes, absolutely white everything. Well, maybe he and just liked like, white, and he was trying to bring, like, the white yeah, light to you. I, I like I like white, too. But in but, your mind, you thought, this is, like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Okay. In my mind, I was like, what's more terrifying than a man showing up in your hospital room dressed like this? And he tells you something that you never thought about before. Because you say you have, like, this one hidden lie that you've never told anyone. And he tells you his certain perspective on why he feeds from that lie. But it's really the truth about you. And so that kind of just started evolving. And I started creating the first story. And then it turned into ten more stories. And then I finally gave you a little bit of a, a teaser. And definitely a cliffhanger because there will be a sequel. Uh, of, who this, of who Mr. Jacket is. And, but the best thing of that anthology is all the characters in it have a lot of heart, have a lot of pieces of me in different characters. Because, you know, sometimes I can be that 16-year-old girl terrified. You know, I can be that 40-year-old man terrified. I, I, I have, like, all these voices in my head that I can play around with. Uh, and so anthology really is me flexing all these different uh, subgenres of horror but keeping them all aligned to the truth is more terrifying than the lie. The truth is more terrifying in life because we got a lot of scary shit going on in the world right now. Absolutely. And with everything that we're all being faced in the world today, you know, coronavirus, everything else, Halloween, we've got children being abduct abducted again. We've got rings of 
people around the world trying to capture young women again. And then you go and read a book like this? Holy moly, talk about putting yourself on check and leaving your house and making sure you're safe. But that is how scary this book is. So all of you out there right now and everyone listening to this podcast, this is the book for you. So do you see yourself in the future wanting this to become a miniseries on Netflix or, you know, one of the massive TV productions? It has it has certain properties to where it would be a good television show, especially with, you know, I love anthologies because I love telling a lot of different stories within the same universe. I have been mapping out this giant universe in the grander scheme of all my books to correlate and blend into mm-hmm. uh, with recurring characters in some stories. Unless you read them all, you won't, you know, you won't necessarily know that it's one big universe, but that's the fun about being creators. We can do things like creating during universe. Yeah. An anthology sets up a lot of mini characters and wrote and main cast characters. And a few of the characters actually collide within the, the mini stories uh, of the current eleven you have. And that was the fun part. There, it's across the states, it's across Europe, it's across Asia. There's a bunch of different locations because it's completely worldwide. So um, did you get all of these locations when you were writing the book because you traveled the world a couple years ago and you brought those that imagery to the dark side of where you write from? Yeah. So is. everything it's that really they're cool. reading is something that you've actually experienced in your life. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have, like, the atmosphere of an urban city situation, uh, you know, dry desert, uh, dry desert. you got tundra, uh, you got jungle. It's, it's a bunch of different places with different climates. Because I always like describing areas as well. And what's the cool thing about Mr. Dracula is he changes. His, his outfit and his disguise changes throughout the story as well with the different locations. Does he always, is he always in white? Always in white and he always wears a mask. And the mask is kind of halfway as I see it. It's a, it's a cracked tribal mask. So think of, you know, deep beginning of civilization, you know, a piece of shattered wood that was then carved deep with large etching of scars and eye holes. Ew! And you just put it on, and every time he removes it, in every story he removes it, and everybody sees something else. Okay, that's freaky. That, that, that's freaky. That, that's right up there with uh, Halloween and Jason. Yeah, I wanted and, very and the much scary so mask. to create. Yeah, I wanted very much so to create my own Jason, my own Freddy, my own Michael. Uh, because when you have a famous character wearing a mask, you know, we know what they look like. We know what Jason looks like. We know what Michael looks like. We know what, uh, uh, Freddie looks like, but Jacket, he's ever changing. And that's kind of this, that's the real best part about it. Cause he can be whoever he wants to be at any given time. So there's, you know, there's that invasion of the body snatchers. There's that alien being that we don't know. There's the thing, there's... All these different other characters that are way cooler, in my opinion. And that's what I was really pulling from to create Jacket as well. Wow. Okay. Super scary. Once again, here's the book, guys. Anthology. And here's Mr. Jacket right here. 
Under the Moonlight. Can you guys imagine going out to your car and seeing... As a hitchhiker, you know? Oh, yeah, I don't pick up hitchhikers, but I get it. I totally get it. Um, So, Robbie, what are the five scariest films you've ever seen that are probably pieces of them, you know, perceived within your writing of this book anthology so i love the supernatural i love monsters and i also love like a lot of terror that we as humans create so i had like a pretty self and sci-fi as well because sci-fi is pretty much just horror bended around cool topics mm-hmm. uh probably the top five horror movies that come to mind like anytime i'm always working on a project um, I absolutely love Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's got that perfect gothic romance. It's got the perfect fight. It's got the history. That was a great movie. Oh, yeah. Scared the crap yeah. out of me, but well, it was a great yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, just the silent shadows stalking London streets. I always love Because he's, you know, he could be Jack the Ripper, but he's also a vampire. So, you know, he's got that nice little mix in between of all that. And then second favorite, uh, probably Hereditary because it talks about a family's history between the blood and magic running through the line. And, you know, you might not necessarily know everything about your ancestors. And Ooh. that's kind of where it comes to truth. I've never uh, seen that movie. I'm going to have to watch that one. It's pretty good. Um, so, with... a nice time. I got to go. I got to question you on that one. The movie is called Hereditary. Mm-hmm. And so you're referring to it as you love horror. You're writing horror books. You've got a third horror book coming out. You have a graphic, you have graphic novels. You have poetry with a little bit of horror in it. Like, so are you saying it's hereditary and in your blood? Yeah, I think we're all descended from certain lines like there's certain bloodlines throughout creation and and especially in your mind with this collective consciousness of the human being that we all pull from you know you see a lot of recurring themes with a lot of similar writers or similar minds and we're pulling from that like there's magic and blood and uh everything like that so hereditary very much focuses on the magic within a certain bloodline and how it affects the current family of that time when like a family member passes away Wow. Can you imagine if we all went back and just instead of doing the link tree or the family tree and hearing about all the where you're connected throughout the world? Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I saw that one, Hereditary from Jenna Wittemann. <laughs> I gotta watch it. It sounds scary. Um, so with that being said, like, you know, I've done our fam- family history. Many people have done their family history, but there's no one out there that is doing the family history of the horror side of your bloodline. Wouldn't that be freaky? Yeah, I mean, it's it's nobody ever wants to reflect on the black sheep across the across time. You always want to be. That's why they're called the black sheep. They're the ones you want to uh, kill and slaughter and forget and bury in the crevices of your mind. Yeah, and those are the characters that I love the most. I wow, mean, that's, that's our that's our Darth Vader. You know how <laughs> how 
terrifying is that Luke knows that his father was, you know, the greatest villain the universe has ever seen. That is so true. And I like that you referred it back to Star Wars because young Luke Skywalker and who is the, uh, uh, who is Darth Vader? I can't think of his name. Anakin. Anakin grew up as like adorable little child, loving, caring. And then all of a sudden, dark side comes in, which we all have the dark side. I know I got one. So, yeah, it, it definitely comes out when shit hits the fan in this house. My dark side comes out. <laughs> Not that bad, but... You know, I, I'm not coming after anyone with a hammer and an axe, unless I'm pretending and trying to scare the shit out of everybody, which I normally no, always love to do. No, no here's Johnny moments. No, no here's Johnny moments. Here's Johnny moments. <laughs> yeah. So, at this time of year, you love to really watch horror movies and old yeah. films. So, with today's horror movies and you writing horror books... And living in Paris and seeing London and traveling to, you know, everywhere you traveled um, two years ago overseas and seeing all that culture and everything that you experienced and felt and heard and smelled, that will be forever in your brain where you can put that to a book of a love story or a book of a love story tragedy horror. Yeah, it's... It's definitely leaning into what you're describing as the gothic romance. I mean, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley is one of my favorite books ever. And she was the person, she really was following in her husband's footsteps, Byron. Byron was this very sad poet. And he wrote very melancholic and dark tone poetry. Mm. Uh, sorry, Percy, Percy Shelley and then Lord Byron were the kind of like poetic couple together and that Mary was the third of the trio and they kind of started the whole gothic genre together uh, and she created Frankenstein and that's why I love Frankenstein because he was this creature that everybody thought was terrifying but he was abandoned at birth. He, he, his father abandoned him because he was ugly mm. and, and passed him out and that's sad but he, people consider him a monster when he really isn't uh, and that's, you know, that's that is true. I did just get done watching that movie a few weeks ago, and I felt really bad for Frankenstein. And it was, you're right, the, his, he was created out of parts from all different types of people, but he wasn't, born, he wasn't put together with a, a, a mind of horror or a heart of, you know, you know, pain and whatever life brings to you. And then because he was ugly and the way he stitched him up, he just cast him aside, which then becomes his own living nightmare. And being let go and cast aside brings on fear within your own personal mind and perception of who you are, which is a lot of things of what happens in today's world. And... Yeah. We really need to analyze that and why people act the way that they do. And this is where the great writing comes from, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the another reason why I love horror. It's the dissection of how we think. It's, you know, we always want to know how, you know, 
Joker things compared to the Batman. But, you know, the most terrifying aspect of villains and characters like that is sometimes there is no reason. Sometimes they just like to create chaos and horror because they can't. And that's the most dangerous person always in every situation. Uh, and that's Mr. Jacket because he is forever rolling through this sphere of people, going in their lives, silently destroying them with words. This thing you need to commit action. When you can kill an idea or you can kill a person's mind with words rather than, you know, tearing out their heart or digging into them with a blade, that's even more scary. He, that's pretty scary that you can scare someone and terrorize them with words but that's what happens in everyday life and so you're telling us that this entire anthology book of the seven excuse me the 12 different stories within the book is Mr. Jacket coming after you and terrorizing you Everybody in the story, basically, all their sins come to fruition, and they themselves are the only, uh, like, they themselves are the only reactors to their downfall. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Jack is really the catalyst that brings it in. And that's the best So, part. give us a part of the chapter that you can read to us for my listeners and who's watching right now can hear the horror in your voice through one of these chapters from Anthology. It is a bit thick. It is a bit dense. Um, All of them were written in a mindset as to uh, very quick exposition, very middle, uh, and a very long conclusion. Okay. Just speak up a little bit louder Uh, so everyone can hear you. Mm. Let's let's go with some finishing lines. Okay. All right. So this one is from chapter eight, and this title of this chapter is called Sack Lunch. Ooh, Sack Lunch? Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and so this is the last paragraph that I had written. I looked up for my work, and in the corner I saw the man who made all this possible. He removed his mask, and for the first time I saw his face. That familiar wink from earlier looked even more beautiful about the mask. Are you happy, Hannah? Happy? Who said I wanted to be happy? Ooh. And and that was it. You know, that was the final chapter, of, that was the final paragraph in Sack Lunch. And when you read the whole story, you realize how actually devastating those final lines are. Okay, give us another one. Want to ruin it all. You have to- no, come on. You got to give us some scary tips. Make these people want to buy this book. You want to be scared out of your mind? Get Anthology by Robert Joseph Deshays, the second. It is available on spot uh not spotify it is available <laughs> see i'm scared myself it is available on amazon barnes and noble epub apple Google Play, and every little bookstore that you can find it at, Anthology, a horror story. And Robert Deshays is sharing a little bit of some chapters from this book with us today. All right. And this is from chapter 10. 
And this is called the man with the ivory mask. Oh, he has an ivory mask now. Okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. And this is, this is also the closing paragraphs. I closed my eyes and a rush of cold wind rushed past. I felt the sun peering down on my body as I opened up. I was standing on the street. I looked back and there it was, the prison that held me for so long. That was behind me now. Today I start anew, and I could finally go after the bastards who lied to me, who destroyed my life. I walked down the bike lane of this two-lane highway with purpose, something that I had been searching for my entire life. The walk to the city was a far one, but that gave me plenty of time to think. Think about my newfound purpose, to contemplate the ways I was going to punish those who destroyed the lives of women like me. Did they really think they could keep that covered up for so long? not expect me to come after them. I hope they beg when they see me. Oh. Okay, 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 I get it, I get it. This this book is going to really make you heighten your awareness of everyday life and safety. This book is going to make you want another series just like it. And speaking of another series, let's talk a little bit about the next book that is coming out, being yeah. released very shortly. It is The Streets Run Red. That title alone is creepy. So, so we all know that we all know that similar saying, and I. And that's why it really strings a bell. It rings a bell for a lot of people, too, is the streets run red. Uh, because a lot of times in war, or when there's a great famine or great death, we always use that because blood fills streets. Uh, whether that's, you know, social injustice, civil rights movement, um, peace against war, it's, it can be used in a lot of different situations. And the streets run red was my little experiment on pulling two of my favorite genres together, and that was the mystery detective genre. Um, so when I think of mystery detectives, everybody thinks of classic cartoons like Dick Tracy, mm -hmm. Holmes, everybody like that. And I wanted to create my own you know, detective, but I also wanted to create a battle damage person. And that's where you know, stories like Angel Heart uh, come in, and you know, the untouchables. Uh, detectives with the chip on their shoulder, and the premise of the story is after 20, after a 20 year absence, um, a hired gun who became a detective in the States returns to London uh, under the request that the family he used to work for. And under the request that the family he used to work for, there's been an unprecedented murder. And the murder is quite horrific. I mean, it's the first pages of the book describe the scene. Uh, it's very much so the newspaper boy running around the streets of London describing what had happened because it was such a big death. Uh, and as you read the story, you actually realize how interconnected this the man who died was and how important he was in that community. Uh, but as it goes on, I wanted to flip the detective genre on its head because most of the time it's the detective solving the story. Um, but this time... He is not the one solving the story. He's actually the domino that keeps falling into the place of the person who's really manipulating. Oh, that's kind of scary. And that's what the Streets Ran Red was. It was the man who thinks he's in control when you're never in control. 
and that's what I really loved about writing the streets when I read is it has a lot of open a lot of open ties to a lot of it has a lot of callbacks to a lot of my favorite uh, books movies with very much my own style uh, and the ending was one of the hardest things to write because I wanted I wanted to be happy with it I wanted other people to be happy with it and I left the ending I mean it's pretty dark when it comes out it's it's it hits along the lines of I don't know if I can look at the world again after I read after I read this it's it has a very interesting ending that I think a lot of people will enjoy okay well that sounds uh, do you believe that the streets run red the book that will just be coming out shortly through published by Fulton books is going to be a little bit scarier than anthology both are along similar lines. Um, the Streets Run Red is just the downfall of a man and how we as humans are fallible. And that's, you know, rather than, that's, you know, that's another surprising truth, another shocking truth that we all have to admit is we all fall. But what happens when we fall so far down the rabbit hole that there is no coming back? Well, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. We've all fallen down that rabbit hole, and you can choose to come back, unless you're dead. But you can fight to get out of that rabbit hole and face those fears and those demons. And really, instead of just keeping them in the shadows, pulling them forward and going after them. So I think that there's a lot of, within your writing, there's always a little bit of hope and light with the horror and the tragedy and the, oh my God, I got to start paying attention to every single move and who's around me and what is going on. But that's what we should be doing in life in general. So you're teaching all of us how to face our fear. You're teaching all of us to face it head on and to be more aware of what the world is like behind the shadows mm, yeah uh, and I like I like the optimism I like the optimism I like the hope and the silent mission of the streets Red was to destroy the final bits of hope within a man so that he would ultimately fall with no escape I don't want to ultimately fall with no escape. You need to make the streets run red too and make it happy. I'm not. Oh. I'm not going down that black hole. I've seen way too many of the black hole. I'm gonna stay up here in the light. I'm not going down. So I'm gonna get some extra special training and some black ops training. <laughs> so nobody's gonna take me down. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the streets run red. Holy crap, Robert! That was that is the ending of the new book coming out, where we are all scared out of our minds. Mm-hmm. And you say it so calmly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Whoa. It's, that's that's the passion that I have for horror. I really want to read. I really want to redefine subgenres of this to where. Like, you know, a new reader could pick it up. Somebody who's never thought of my work, and they pick it up, and it's not just a recycled Stephen King story. Uh, That's so funny. I was just going to ask you if you're going to eventually live in a house like Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, Probably not. I like like Gothic, 
but I don't want to be confined to a certain stronghold. Stronghold. Okay, so now let's talk about you opening up your own comic book company. You have released a several of the comic book series from Adam and Eternity. It is flying off the shelves. You have yeah. taken the comic book series to a whole nother level. So let's yeah. tell our viewers a little bit about that, that have not heard about your comic book series and how to find it, where to purchase it and go from there. But when you create and created Adam and Eternity, I read it and I was just like, wow, like this isn't just a comic book series. This is life and breathing life into you and analyzing your own life. So tell our viewers where all that came from. Um, so first off, uh, I created Rogue Comics in the hopes to promote upcoming and you know newfound young talent. Because you know that's what the future is heading is. We need the young talent to be able to perpetuate and bring the comic genre to a new level. Every generation, there's been writers and artists to uplift the comic genre higher than any other literary media or even media media. And Adam and Eternity was this mission for me to create this epic fantasy-like story with elements of mystery, elements of myth, elements of uh, coming of age, and elements of self-identity. And it's this overarching five-issue series uh, that answers one gigantic mystery. In every issue, you get pieces of the mystery. But every issue, you also learn something about the main character. And you might even learn something about yourself with the different views of all the characters that meet over time. It's, that, it's the traditional premise of the hero's journey. But the ending is definitely going to be a shock for a lot of readers because... It took a while for me to... I had the ending in my head. I always knew how I wanted it, but getting to that point was a lot harder, especially with how I, deep I had to reach down to really embody this character. Because Adam is... He's... I like to think Adam is you. Everybody. Well, he, he's me, and he's you. He's actually anybody who reads the book. Yeah. And that's why I left it open. The first lines of the book are, Who am I? And that's really because it's ask you, what are you getting? Because not everybody's going to read this book the same. And I really wanted it to be like, I've talked to so many people already who have loved the series and who... We have, have uh, Robbie, let me into, uh, stop you once there. You've got Dark Friends 714 replying, much love from Torpedo Comics, OC. Well, thank you for that, Dark Friend 714. So, as you know, you obviously have read Robert's comic, Adam and Eternity, and it's selling out. And guys, people are loving this series. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun to write and create. And I wanted every reader to have a different, you know, idea. I didn't want it to be the standard superhero comic or the standard horror comic or the standard fantasy. Every bit of every reader that picked this up will get something different, and they're gonna. And I've constantly been flooded with questions like, "Is it this? Is it this? Is it this?" And I'm like, "You're just gonna have to wait to find out," because that's the best part. It's comics are monthly, and it's like 
oh, you, next month is when you'll get some answers, and next month is when you'll get more questions. And we, you know, we sold out of our first printing, which was crazy. I was well, you sold out of it several times. Yeah, what? and so we're on our, our second and third printings uh, for for issue two and issue one, and uh, issue three will be later this month. Um, and yeah, you have done really multiple exciting. signings at comic book stores all around California. Yeah. And yeah. you've been able to meet your new groupies from all around the world, which is amazing being your very first comic book series. Do you have all of the other issues to show the people watching the show today and try to explain to us what the cover looks like for the people listening on Spotify and Apple right now? Yeah, um, so let's go to the issue one cover. And so I only have the second prints because we still love our first printing. Uh, but the second prints are, this is an homage as well to one of my favorite characters in comics, uh, Miracle Man. Okay. And Miracle Man is pretty much the god amongst men. And I wanted to create, you know, a god who lowered himself to humanity to find out who he was. And that's what Adam is. So he is so powerful that he wakes up and tears from this unknown dimension into our world. And this is what that is. He's all these bindings of an alternate reality mm -hmm. as he tears to Athens, in modern day Athens, where the story picks up. But the best part uh, is, the beginning of the book, Adam's not a grown man. Adam is no. a mm -hmm. infant. He's a child. Learning. Yeah. So you're, you, you've got to get the first series to start. Yeah, yeah, which is incredible. I mean, it's beautifully um, drawn. Oh, the yeah. graphics Dom, are Dom and Jake. incredible. Dom and Jake are, I, like when I said we started Road to create upcoming talent, Dom and Jake are absolutely uh, amazing. And go follow them on Instagram. Uh, Dominic Pinto is at AC, the letters AC underscore AGATA. Awesome artist. He has a bunch of his art on there. He even has some previews up of issue three. And then my colorist, Jake, uh, his color scenes are stunning. We wanted They're to incredible. This. You should be uh, heading this in also into a comic book series for. Uh, I know you own your own comic book company, Rogue Comics, but. This has got to become a television-like series for children because the beginning is, who am I? And so many young children today ask that question. And you've yeah. been able to put it into a comic book series that young three-year-olds, two-year-olds can start reading it and saying, I need Adam. Like, this thing needs to go to the next level of not just the comic book. And what's great too is you're saying that is you know for somebody like you who've never read a lot of comics, I loved it. This book. I don't like yeah, comics. This book. I loved this comic. It was easy to read, book. and I related to it. Loved it. You can read this book in any voice, in mm -hmm. any character, and if you want to look into it deeper, you can because I put a lot of mythical Easter eggs for a lot of people. And for people who have studied philosophy or mythology, or just anthology, you know, anthropology or psychology in general, everything there's a little something for everybody. And so, if you want to raise, if you want to elevate your reading, you can open up Adam and get a bunch of 
different ideas and myths. And so, like, in, like, the first couple pages, I reference a few of my favorite art pieces over the entire time. Mm-hmm. So you have Saturn eating his children, which pulls to a Greek myth. You then have Greek characters in there, and you have, you know, the Acropolis with Athens, and you have Hades, and you have Olympus. Yeah, and then, and then you know, in issue, and, and in issue two, you... Issue two, don't you have the, um... In Paris, the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa. Yeah. 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 So in issue two, we really get into the idea of what is art? What is beauty in terms of creation? Or what is beauty in terms of the individual? And the best person I thought to personify that was uh, Lucifer Morningstar. Because he was, you know, he's, a, he's such a contested symbol amongst mythology and people. Well, yeah, he was born. He was the favorite of God and then thrown to hell. And, you know, he overlooks hell. So, but he was radiant and gorgeous and beautiful. And, mm-hmm. yeah, now we look at him as, like, the creepy devil that everyone fears. Yeah, and I've had a few people who have, who consider themselves uh, aligned to a certain religion and they're like why did you choose this character you made me convincing that he's not the villain <laughs> and and I'm like well he really isn't if you look into him and you have to read it for yourself to really get that message but that's what I want to do I want to flip things on people's heads and I want you to read this book either you look into it or you read it on the shallow surface and you're going to get something all the comic series that I have coming out, I mean, I have six projects currently, other than Adam, with artists paired. I can't make any announcements yet because these are awesome ideas. Uh, and there's some amazing stuff coming out soon. That's incredible. So incredible. So at the young age of 22 years old, within one year timeline, one year timeline, everybody that's watching this live show and listening to the podcast in a one-year timeline this 21 to 22 year old Robert Joseph Deshaies the second has now had three books published by Fulton books and owns his own comic book company Rogue Comics and Adam in eternity is taking off and I'm telling you I'm not psychic but I'm telling you when I see something that can really affect people's persona change the way that they look at life move forward in a positive light this comic book meets all the marks it's true it's still surreal knowing how because it feels like I've been at this for ages to be honest well you have been but every, you got it all done in day, a year I know every day when I hop on my laptop or I can like hop into my notebook and enter this crazy head of mine it's I have to talk myself because if I don't then I don't know what else I'll do <laughs> like I don't know if I'll be good at anything else in this life besides writing ideas and, and sharing. Well, I'm going to debunk that right now. I am debunking that comment. Wipe it off the slate because you can do anything you want to. Yeah, yeah. It's all within you. It's all locked up in that brilliant mind of yours and you've already broken the sound barrier 
of how many books can you write in a year? You, you yeah. didn't just break the sound barrier. You did it. You're still doing it. You still have books waiting to just go into Fulton. They keep asking you for more. You've got the comic book series. So next, what do you want to do next? I think it should be movies. Become yeah. a director. Get these directed There's, and in movies, yeah, theaters. That's, I mean, that's, that's the goal of a lot of artists today. And the reason I also started Comic Company is, as you know, I've read I've read since I was a little kid, whether novels or comics, and you know, comics are the medium with infinite potential. Mm -hmm. You can tell any story that is harder to translate into uh, animation or live action, and it really breaks the medium. And Adam was that book that was it necessarily wasn't the book that people thought it was going to be where. Oh, this is just the standard fantasy story that has a lot of action and where it has a lot of characters and cool monsters and swords and, you know, space and everything like that. No, it flipped it on its head and I wrote something with meaning and philosophy and ideas. And when I was pitching this idea to a couple companies, I I got, I'll be honest, I got notes. I got big notes from all the big publishers. And that really pushed me to make my own publishing because I'm like, no, this is the story I think that needs to be told because you know maybe five six years down the line when mm -hmm. I have a nice catalog of books and people look back and they're like what was this first comic and they're like well this was the comic and that's you know that's what I want to do mm -hmm. uh, where I knew I was gonna I knew I was going against the tide with this but it's making an impact so it's really cool it's making a huge impact you have a lot of followers here watching this live podcast and they're all like, we love this comic book. We love this series. It's something we've never seen before. It's amazing. So you did it. You got a lot of no's. And that's the thing I also want to say to the audience today listening. No one is successful until you've got a billion no's. Every time you get a no in your life, look at the no and say, I'm going to do it. Don't let people take that dream away from you. Become your own superhero. Become your own advocate. Become your own writer. Become your own, you know, determination to be the voice that will be heard around the world one way or the other. You're doing it in storytelling, movies to come. And I'm saying movies to come because they need to become movies. And whoever listens to this podcast, you can contact Robert Joseph II on his Instagram, on his website. You, they, you can find him anywhere and it will be in the publication of this podcast. So with that being said, reach for the stars because it's possible. Can I say that in a Buzz Lightyear voice? Sure. <laughs> Reach for the star. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. Good old Disney. Hey, if Disneyland can do it, Robert Joseph Deshays II can do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It's. It is. It's the making the slowly way, and I know this will gain traction over time. 
as with most, you know, words. Yeah. Do. It doesn't happen overnight. You gotta, you gotta put your dues no. in. You gotta keep working hard. Yeah. And but you literally are getting amazing results. Yeah, I like to think so. I mean, I've I've heard a lot of really good things, but there's always improvement. So Life is always an improvement. By myself, yeah. Just continue to make things stuff and continue to make better. Uh, Adam's wrapped up, and on my end, you know, we're waiting for the boys to finish with their art, and that finishes up in January. And are you going to uh, do another book so, signing around all of the great comic yeah. book stores everywhere? Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be returning to Torpedo Comics uh, coming weeks. Uh, we do at my own local LCS Nuclear Comics. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll be doing signings there, uh, and in January we have I have two big projects with artists in the industry uh, that are coming out. Great. We got some we got some big stuff coming, uh, and it's it's really fun because every day. I, I trade it like a, it's my job. I create stories for a living right now, so it's, it's what I'm doing. So, uh, also, let's um, share with the audience. You have traveled the world. Um, you are still in college, but you are building a career as a writer. When you graduate from college, what do you want your degree to be? And where do you see yourself in five years from now? I mean, I've already got you making movies and everything else, but where do you, Robert Joseph Deshaies II, want to see yourself in the next five years after you graduate and the degree you're heading for? Uh, I want to travel a little bit more. I definitely want to live uh, in a couple different places, but I want to live. I want to live simply. I don't want to live in this big kind of grand way. I want to just travel with a journal, a notebook, and, you know, a pack of clothes. And that's what I want to do. I want to get to know the world. I want to get to know people who live in it. And I just want to write along the way. And I feel like definitely doing that will help me grow more as well uh, within myself, learning different boundaries in my own my own mind, my own, and other people, how they think. Uh, and as long as I have a book and a journal, I think I'll be able to that's amazing. So um, you are going to be heading off across the pond soon, and you're going to be studying um, at a very good school in Paris. Would you like to share that with us? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm attending Lost Bourne uh, in, in January, and I'll be finishing up there. And uh, then after that, I want to get a degree in teaching because I want to teach literature to kids and I want to be that really cool professor uh, who's traveled the world, has written books, and maybe kind of a local celebrity, I guess. Uh, I think you're a local celebrity already. <laughs> so, you can, or are you saying you want to be a local celebrity in Paris? Uh, maybe that, yeah. I okay. Mean, it's, I, the, the fame is not really a big deal for me. I just want you know, my work to, I want somebody to come up to me with, with a book, you know, if it's a book I write for, and he's like, this, this helped me, or this, this profoundly affected me. As long as I get that from, you know, one person, that's all I need. But you've already received that from so many people. So you've already done that job. Yeah, but, but it's, it's. You want to continue to help and help the youth grow as well as help 
the age group you're in, the age group I'm in, the, el the older age group, continue to grow and learn through your wisdom, your writing skills, your foresight, your, you know, imaginary-ism, that's not a word, but the imaginary-ism, uh, and moving forward into the future, which is incredible because you're able to write so many genres. Yeah. That's what I, I definitely pride myself in being able to put my put my words in different genres. So where can people find you, Robert? Can you tell us where your email is, your yeah. website, and your Instagram? Yeah, uh, if you're looking to contact me to work on a project, uh, because trust me, I have plenty that need people. Uh, you can contact my email. Uh, my email is Robert Deshays Writing at Outlook.com. It's available on all my. Uh, all my social medias you can find me at instagram and twitter at robbie underscore deshays underscore uh if you want to check out my comic publication we have our website rogue comics r-o-g-u-e-c-o-m-i-x x is cooler than c-s because comics are rad uh <laughs> you can go check us out there uh and we have pretty much we have the pre-orders up for issue three we have issue two we have issue ones and then we have a little bit, we have two short stories on there that are digital PDFs. Uh, and if you want to go to Fulton and check out my published works, go check them out for Blackjack 22 Modern Poetry, Anthology, and then the soon to be announced, The Streets Went Red. Uh, everything after that, uh, feel free to shoot me a DM, comment on posts. I'm always willing to talk to people. I love talking to the people. It's kind of like one of my hobbies is just people watching and talking to people. Yeah. So if anyone DMs you and they say they want to get a cup of coffee and get a signed autograph book for you, um, where can they find you? Is it January that they have to wait for you to do your new book signing for the comics? Uh, we're, we're still working out dates, especially with the, you know, the semi-quarantine civilian effect. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, have, we'll be announcing plans on my social medias and our, you know, our publication pages on upcoming dates great um, and then I, we do have uh, a new like zoom type server that will we started last night and we're still working at the kinks but we'll be like doing uh, zoom calls with groups of people who want to join in industry professionals or people who want to get into comics or get into writing uh, I talked to a few friends already uh, to help them with their writing careers so it's definitely a uh, it's a mix of things. I'm and also, you are also a ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know yeah. you've been working with um, a, a, a young woman to tell her life story. So, if you're looking for a ghostwriter and you think you have a story that needs to be heard, but you're not quite sure how to get it done, contact Robert Joseph. Deshays the second through the websites that he just mentioned and shoot him information and tell him a little bit about your story and you're it's easy for us to talk about our stories but some people can't get it on paper yeah so you are also a very good ghostwriter and you edited my book living the phantoms so, and help me word it all around to make it even more intriguing and terrifying also with the haunted house. So, and now I know where you get your horror from. 
<laughs> growing up. But um, with anthology, what is one other thing you want to tell our audience? Because it is, it is the month of October, the scary month. Uh, all I can say is get it before it's sold out. I know there's a few copies left uh, from our distributor uh, for both BNN and Amazon. Uh, it will be going back to print, obviously. Uh, but definitely get it in time for spooky season. It's a really great fall read. Uh, and then if you want to you know, get to know me a little bit more personally, there's always Blackjack. Blackjack uh, 22. And then if you've never even read a comic before, go check out Rogue. You may, you know, you may like it. Comics are you know, not too expensive. So if you don't want to pay $10 for a book, but want to pay $4 for a book, you can help me out either way. I mean, any support mm -hmm. helps. Uh, and, you know, reviews always help too. If you really like my work, go ahead and go out to any of the review sites and put something up there. Uh, I'll see it, and I probably will message you with a thank you because I will always be thank you for words of affirmation. Thank you for that. That's that's really good of you to always respond back. And I truly believe that the authors that do respond back or the whatever you do in a live in your living when you respond back to the people that are grateful for what you're putting out there and you're giving them that time, it's part of what you need to do in life to keep moving forward. It's acknowledging the Yes, I did, took all this time to write this, but people that are buying it from you and loving it and wanting more, you're acknowledging them and you're saying, thank you so very much. I love it. And that intrigues us as writers and authors or storytellers to continue to write more for the general public. So I love that you just mentioned that. So everyone, send him a review. If you've, if you've read... Mo Blackjack, modern day poetry, put a review out there. And if you've read it, and no matter if you bought it from one side or the other, go to those sites and put a review out there. Same thing with Anthology. Same thing with The Streets Run Red that will be released shortly by Fulton Books and also at Road Comics. Yeah, it's uh, always taking words of affirmation, always accepting those. And it's also building the relationships with, you know, fans of mine as well, because I don't want to be that writer that's so distant that's off in the cabin in the woods. I want to be the one who's, you know, the neighborhood next door who can shoot me a message and be like, hey, man, I really enjoyed this. Uh, last night, for example, I was talking with uh, a social media friend, and, you know, it, it started off as just a general friendship of him and I talking about it at work. And then it happened to be like we're working on a project together in the future now. So, it, you know, it really depends, but uh, I'm always like to be around for people, and I think that really roots in my work, too, is I write for people and for myself. Yeah, which is incredible, um, and you want to become a, you know, a PhD and to teach at colleges. So, your life has been moving forward every single day, gradually, constantly learning and producing your product through your learning skills and to become a professor and then have all of these great works of art through your writing skills and your thought process of how you want your comics to be is incredible. I mean, I, if I could go back in time and you were the professor, I'd be like, 
that dude's got it all. I got to figure out how to work in his brain to get moving to where I'm moving to. You're yeah, a great. From the Poet Society. Yeah, right? That was a great movie, by the way. The Dead Poet Society. Great movie. That's what a teacher should be. Mm-hmm. Well, we have many of those teachers. And then we have teachers that are in between. And then we have the Excel. And we've got the, you know, we've got teachers all around the world that teach everything within their own mindset of what they are. But they all touch somebody's soul somehow, some way. And what you're doing with your work and your creative mind and creative spirit is touching so many souls around the world. So you have conquered and done all of it. I can't wait to see what's next. I can't either. <laughs> it's too much. I'm kidding. It's never enough. It's never enough. You can just keep going. You just you got to make sure you get some sleep. That's all you got to do. No, oh, no, that, that's coffee. <laughs> All right, so everyone knows where you can find Robert Joseph Dishes the Second's amazing books, his graphic not his uh, graphic novels, his comic book series at Rogue Comics. You want to meet him in person? DM him because he will be doing book signings for his comic book series. And he always puts it out there on Twitter where he's going to be and also on his Instagram where you are going to be to do those book signings. And hopefully when COVID is cleared up, you will be touring with Fulton Books. You will have three books released when we the book tour begins. You, you're you're on the run. You're on the roll. So just keep okay. going. Keep inspiring. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to say to our audience before our time is up? Uh, no, just thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for everyone who's supported my book so far. Thank you for everyone who's supported my career so far. Uh, it's been, this is not necessarily short-lived, but keep going, but it's been short-term so far. Uh, but I'm in it for the long run. Uh, we're about a thousand miles out of the million miles to go, and we, you know we're still going. We're still creating. Um, be good to yourself. Be good to your head up here. Uh, when you need to take a break, take a break. When you need to write, write. When you need to read, read. Uh, do what you think is best for you, uh, and then never doubt yourself as well. There's days that I still doubt myself where uh, the anxiety creeps in and I sit in, you know, in a corner and it starts to eat you away. And then you're like, why am I doing this in the first place? And you have to reaffirm sometimes. And this definitely has helped me is the writing to get all that out. And, and it's in my work too, you can see. And a lot of people have already jumped up to me asking, how could you have gone this deep? And it's simple as that you have to dig down. You have to believe in what you write. You have to put parts of yourself in. And that's with everything you do. And if you're not doing that, please sit down and think about it. Um, so, yeah, just keep going where you're going. Thank you again. Uh, I can't thank anybody enough. Literally, all the words have been absolutely, it's still surreal. It's still stunning. Uh, it affects me every day, every time I see a comment or a, a 
thank you, or uh, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, that's why I don't really would have much else to say besides thank you. That's all you have to say. Thank you and gratitude for people acknowledging your work and acknowledging who you are as a young entrepreneur, a young, you know, rising, acknowledged author and a soon to be doctor of whichever one you choose to do once you graduate um, and a well-traveled young man through learning through the world of what he sees and yeah writing is important to everybody we've got to write it down and if you can't write it put it on your phone on an audio take a video clip of what you're thinking every day there's so many different ways that you can tell a story and you've done an incredible one thank you for coming on to live with Domery. If you love, thank you so much. If you've loved this episode and you would love to see more of Robert Joseph Deshaies' work or have him even do a poetry night or a horror evening coming up before the month of October is over, please follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcast or DM me here at Domery Healthy and Fit where we bring you amazing episodes every Tuesday and Thursday live. And if you don't like watching us live, listen to me on my podcast. And also, if you loved this review, please give me a thumbs up on Apple and tell me what you want to see. Thank you for watching today, and I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow with a new amazing episode to come. Thank you, Robert Joseph. I really, Robert Joseph Deshaies, I really appreciate it. You are an amazing inspiration to the world, and I look forward to seeing what is next. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to being back. Great. Thank you, everybody. Have a fabulous day, and we will talk to you soon.